startups, especially in tech, are an emotional roller coaster. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's your host, Eileen. Today's episode is all about entrepreneurship and tech startups. So you may have heard me talk about the new Lavender community on this app called Vibely. It's basically an app that brings online communities offline, allowing you to connect with others who have the same interests as you and meet up with them either online or in person. So if you guys haven't heard of it and you want to join Meet Other Lavi Loves, then you can join at lavender.com slash Vibely, and that's spelled V-I. I-B-E-L-Y. So today we are interviewing the founder of Vibely, who is my friend, Terry Yu. We actually went to USC together and I'm so excited to have her on the show. So Terry Yu is the founder of Vibely, backed by the likes of the founders of YouTube, Meetup.com, Zen Lee, and founder in residences at First Round Capital and Greylock. Previously, she was an ex-Asana product manager focused on growth, and she was also previously at Microsoft and Yammer. Hello, Terry. Welcome to the Lavender lifestyle. I'm so happy to have you on. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. First of all, congrats on everything that you're doing. It's amazing. I actually really like Vibely as an app and it's just crazy to see how much you've already built so far. I'm so thankful that Lavender is one of our communities. I've seen kind of the community interaction and how everyone's so supportive of each other. So I think it really goes credits to you for leading the community and being so inspiring to people and bringing people together to really grow and learn with each other. Thank you. All right, Terry. So let us know about you. I want you to tell us about your journey before starting Vibely. Definitely. So I went to USC with you mm-hmm. <laughs> and I studied business. At the time, I actually didn't study that hard in college, but afterwards worked in tech a little bit. And then I started to realize I had a goal to start a company. And because I was working at this startup called Yammer at the time, which got acquired by Microsoft, I was doing business development there. And it was definitely applicable skill sets for starting a company, but I wanted more direct hands-on experience. And that came from what I learned to be more product management. So product management often entails people being, you know, researching users and understanding problems and developing solutions and executing with engineers and designers. And because I was interested in getting into that, I started to set a goal there and worked at a startup called Symphony and gone into product management worked on products, and then eventually started at Asana as a growth PM. So that was really, really fun. And it taught me all the skills that I needed to be where I am today to be able to just leap into it and feel like I can just execute with all the knowledge I need. Yeah. So when you were working at Yammer, the first startup, was it already in your mind that you wanted to eventually start your own tech company? It was. So Oh, so you you decided to like learn from all these different companies before starting your own? Exactly. And not everyone has to do it this way. So I know plenty of people who are founders who just kind of took the leap and like let the experience teach them. And that's totally mm-hmm. a great way to do it. I think for me, I just wanted to learn while also developing the security for myself so that 
come mm-hmm. time to start, it would be like mildly less stressful than <laughs> Oh yeah. Is. Right. Like I guess at what point did you decide, okay, it's okay to quit my job and start a company now? Or were you starting your app while you're still working? So I think most people have the pipe dream of starting a company, but never know when the right time is. Mm-hmm. And I think the right time, it depends on per- every person, but if you're really passionate about something and you have um, an idea or a problem that you really care about, I think that's the first signal. And then the second is how comfortable I guess you are. There are people who start companies who like have nothing and don't have any money saved and kind of just hurl themselves into it, which is awesome. And honestly, sometimes that can lead to success because you have such a fire. Mm-hmm. But that also can get really hard financially, just because when you're doing this, obviously, you're not making money up front. Yeah. So, um, for me, at the point where I felt like I knew basics or maybe a little bit more than basics on the product side, and then, you know, I'd seen all the different functions of a company and kind of understood what it took to execute. At that point, I just leapt for it. Yeah. And when was that exactly? So it was, I think, in 2017. Mm, so um, like two years ago. It. Yeah, that's right. And then I didn't officially start Vibly until 2018. What? So what were you doing from the, when you quit to when you started Vibly? Were you just doing research or? Yeah, so there was a lot of research, but there was a short time period in which I quit Asana and left my full-time job and then started at, on Vibly. Mm-hmm. There's also this time it takes to kind of like think through the problem and do all the user interviews and coalesce a team as well. Yeah. So um, during that time, I was like doing that legwork. Yeah, I kind of want to break down this process because I'm sure people listening are super interested in how you got this to happen. So where did you learn all this knowledge of how to start your own tech company? Because I'm sure you learned some things from your job, but there's a lot of things you don't learn from your job. Yeah. So what did you do? So I read a lot and I listened to a lot of podcasts, just like this one. And it basically, I mean, the principles are kind of all the same, which is ultimately you have to start a company. You have to have a problem that people care Mm -hmm. about. People often say that you want to find the painkiller and not the vitamin just because it's more urgent, important to people to solve. At that point, you're trying to figure out like what are the next steps for solving that problem, which you talk to users and you get in some solutions. And oftentimes that the, what the user's feedback is will direct you in terms of what you ought to build. So once you find kind of a consensus amongst your users in which like you're hearing something over and over again, or you feel like that problem is truly something meaningful to people, at that point, you can start, you know, just going forward and creating a solution that solves that. Now, the hard thing about tech is that you do need to find engineers because that is how the product will improve and develop. So there are a couple options here. You could go to something like Upwork or Fiverr and find like contract engineers to work on a project. The hard part with that is it can often be like a one-time deal where if you don't get the product right from the get-go, it's really hard to continue moving forward and improving it um, and like solving bugs over time. I mean, it gets really expensive. The second option you have, which is better, is to rally people who are also inspired by that problem, by the mission, and build it together. And the more proof points you have to show the team at that point that you've done your research, that this is a real problem, maybe created a landing page or a Facebook ad to test out a concept and people know 
that it's a real thing, the better chances you have of securing an awesome team. Mm-hmm. Did you know that your app was going to be surrounded, like the, the concept that Vibly is today, or did you figure it out through all of this like user testing and stuff? It's definitely not what I thought it was originally. And it only- what was the original idea? <laughs> so the original idea <laughs> was that you could go anywhere and meet people spontaneously via tech. So okay. imagine the experience of you walk into, let's say, a cafe, and you get a push notification from your phone that says you uh, ran into someone who also loves coffee or also loves like travel. So that kind of like spontaneous mm. networking experience. And so we started with that. But the problem is that that requires density, a lot of people on the network at yes. once in one place. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really hard problem to solve. Um, I think had I done a little bit more research on like the mathematics of it, I could have figured it out pretty quickly mm-hmm. that it would be a little too challenging. But eventually we mm-hmm. um, iterated to a point where, you know, because our mission was to help people find community and find others that they had real meaningful relationships with, we found this really cool spot of bringing online communities offline. So that's kind of what you're seeing with the Lavic yeah. community, that people who all love growing and improving themselves all can connect in one space and meet one one another in real life. Yeah, I think because you had the same mission, like it evolved, but it is still very similar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, I think every product kind of has its path and it's never like a clear straight shot. So it's kind of windy and you just have to really pay attention mm-hmm. to what people are doing, like how they're responding to things. And I think I saw that it was a little too hard on the spontaneous use case and then ultimately moved into this. I see. What would you say has been the hardest part of this whole process? Oh, there's so much hard things about startups. I'm sure you know too. Yeah. It's really difficult and anyone who tells you otherwise is fooling themselves. (laughs) And how do you handle the pressure too? Yeah. (laughs) I tend to practice gratitude in the morning. And then your last topic of the week was gratitude, which really helped mm-hmm. with me. I think life is full of challenges in general, regardless of whether or not you start a company. And the more that you can appreciate what you have and what's important to you and all the things that you can take advantage of in your life that others actually don't have the opportunity for the more that you really let yourself be the happiest you can be. That has been the meditation, I guess, that I need in the mornings to really make every day really happy. I do want you to answer the question of what's the hardest part, though. (laughs) Let's go back to the hardest part. (laughs) No, it's okay. I think the hardest part is getting back up when you fall down. And you're going to fall down a lot. So Startups, especially in tech, are an emotional roller coaster in which you have these really high points when things go really well, but you have a ton of low points where things aren't going the way you expected or the way you wish they would. So for me, I've experienced a lot of low points in terms of like either team or product isn't going the way it should be. Sometimes we have bugs and I'm really unhappy about it. And and like we try everything we can to make it better, but it's still buggy. And so just knowing how to keep your eyes up and continue to move forward and just do everything in your power to make the best situation possible is all you you can really ask for. Yeah. And what takes up most of your mental space when you're working on Vibely? Like what are you doing exactly? 
Our team, including interns and contractors, is only about six people. So still very, very small, but we do a lot. So we're very nimble and fast moving and we work really hard. Think on a day-to-day, it actually differs. So today I was thinking about like how, what kind of um, content would be most interesting for this. And I also was working on you know materials for team and roadmap. I also tend to spend a lot of time on research and product development so that um, when I pass it over to the engineers that they're ready Mm -hmm. uh, to take it on without much barrier. Nice. And I also know that you did a really great job finding investors for your app. I mean, how did you get connected with these people? How does that whole process look like? Yeah, so we raised a 500k round. Um, It's technically considered pre-seed in the realm of startups. And there's like all these different levels that people talk about, like pre-seed and then there's seed. And sometimes there's a seed two and a seed three and a series A, series B, and it goes all the way to like F or G or all the way down. <laughs> right. For us, it was our first round and it, we were we had some traction, but it was not as proven out as we wanted it to be. And the funny thing um, mm-hmm. was part of that to get there. So at first, it seemed actually really overwhelming to fundraise. So I had a month to raise 500K. Wow. And I remember thinking, this is impossible. Um, if I have a 10% close rate and I get 20K of investment each person, I have to meet with over 250 investors <laughs> during that month, which was like yeah, that's crazy. eight investors a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I remember there was one night where I was sitting there and thinking, how the heck am I going to do this, right? There's, it's just literally like the numbers don't count up and there's no way mm-hmm. to work. And I really looked for support from like friends and family and specifically my fiance, Alex, um, he looked at me and he said, like, you can do this. You know, I, I believe you can do anything, which I don't know if I believed 100% at the time, but mm-hmm. I did it anyway. So I said, I'm just going to try my best. I lined up as many meetings as I could, um, and our close rate ended up being a lot more than 10%. And uh, especially since certain investors put in more money than 20K, yeah. yeah, we were able to close the round and actually complete the goal. And I still to this day, I'm kind of amazed that that happened. Wow, you did it, girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. So not easy. I mean, there was so much. That just sounds time. so intimidating. <laughs> it, how, what's the process? Are you just meeting these people one-on-one, pitching your app to every yeah. single person? Exactly. So you set up these one-on-one meetings with people. Sometimes there's another person if they're, if they're like an associate or a partner that they want to mm-hmm. open. But you talk about, you know, your problem that you're solving. You talk about the solution that you have. You talk about your market and how it could be this big thing mm-hmm. you also talk about your competition and what you're doing differently they basically just want to know that you have done your research and it is a possible investment that will result in a great return in the long term right so right and then how did you get connected with these people were they like from connections or like just cold emailing and stuff mostly from people that i've already worked with or mentors okay um, mostly connections. I did try to do some cold outreach. Uh, and it's really hard, actually, because there's a certain level of trust that people need right. in order to put money in. Like, they're giving you money and, like, wiring it. Oh, for sure. How do they think <laughs> you're a real person? Or Right, uh, of course. Yeah, so I think having an introduction does make a world of a difference. 
Um, we certainly have met founders who have somehow made it work. So definitely is a possibility. I just found it a lot easier for myself to get the intros. Yeah. And I guess that's where your years of working in all these other companies came in handy. Exactly. Yeah. And can we rewind? Because I don't understand. You said 500K. Who determined that number that you needed? Very <laughs> <Probably> subjective. <laughs> Super oh. Subjective. Yeah. So is it like a goal you set for yourself? Yes, in the company. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. I was supposed to calculate that based off of the 18 month to two year cal- projections. So mm-hmm. what are you going to use that money for, right? You're not just raising for the sake of raising. You are going to accomplish certain milestones with it. You're also going to do certain, like execute more, or you're going to hire a better team. So that all has to be laid out. And often investors do ask uh, for that question, but it is a judgment call for sure. Okay. No, that's good to know for listeners who eventually maybe want to do this. You have to calculate everything and plan it out. Yeah. Yeah. So before fundraising, was everyone just kind of working for free? Yes. (laughs) I see. That is what they call it. Oh yeah, bootstrapping. And how long were you bootstrapping? Uh, we bootstrapped for, I'd say like six months. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. That's like an okay amount of time. And so once you get funding, then everyone gets paid a little bit, but it's more like you're all just working until the next round of another round of funding. Is yeah. that how it works? Yeah, it's so early on that you don't get paid very much if at all. So mm-hmm. I don't pay myself a salary right now, for example, wow. because- I would rather have that the startup success be a higher likelihood. And I think the money can make it. Yeah. But I do, do know founders for sure that take a very small salary, like up to 50K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to like invest back into the business. It's your baby right now, right? Yeah, it really is. And it can bring it so much farther than, you know, if you, you were to just pay yourself. Yeah. But it, you understand that sometimes people have priorities or like financial obligations, which is why I think sometimes it is easier once you've like saved up and had the knowledge to do it. Hi loves, let's take a break and talk about how to make 2020 your best year. As an artist of life, you have the power to envision and create the life you've always wanted. So as we enter a new decade, seize this opportunity to take action towards your dreams in 2020. To guide your year, I created the 2020 Artist of Life Workbook, a journal filled with 125 pages of questions and exercises to help you self-reflect, clarify your vision, set goals in all areas of your life, execute your goals, and track your progress monthly with sections on self-love, overcoming fear, habit tracking, gratitude journaling, and more. The Artist of Life workbook keeps you accountable and guides your growth throughout the year. It's a tool to keep you inspired, motivated, and organized, helping you live your best life. All the exercises within have personally helped me change my life for the better, and I'm confident that they'll do the same for you. To get started, go to shop.lavendaire.com to get your copy of the 2020 Artist of Life workbook. Again, that's shop.lavendaire.com. Let's talk more about Vibely, the app itself. What would you say inspires you the most about working on Vibely? So I really care about face-to-face relationships. You probably know this, Eileen, but I'm a natural extrovert. I love people and being around people. Mm-hmm. And so I think everyone you meet is a new perspective, a new story, a new experience, and life would be pretty boring without it to me. So for me, this like the mission is all about getting people to have more meaningful connections. But I think the other reason is that community is also a part of my childhood. Like I grew up 
as part of church for a while. And then my parents were part of this ethnic group called like the Taiwanese American Association. And they always, yeah. um, were, felt like these people were their second family. So because I feel like local communities are dying out, like our association with like real life communities is not the same as it used to be. I want to make the world a place where we still have that, even if it manifests as a new concept is like an online yeah. offline merge. No, I, I love it so much because especially with social media, it's like I think after you graduate college, you're the amount of friends you see often just drops so much because everyone's just busy living their own lives. And even though, yes, you do follow each other on social media, it's not really the same, you know, and the face-to-face bringing like a group of people together. So true. And even if you want to make new friends, it's hard too. It's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, and it doesn't, it shouldn't be that way, right? Like technology Mm -hmm. has helped us out in so many ways. And one way that it really should change or the better is helping us create new experiences instead of just consuming it the way that traditional social media does today yes yes I love it and I already see like in our lavender chats like the world chat is so fun and then I see people in their respective cities like organizing it's really exciting in New York there's one coming up in SF there's yeah it's really exciting to see people be able to like review their 2020 goals together and talk to each other about how they're going to do it I know. It's super cute. Another thing I want to ask you, Terry, is what is your secret to getting things done? Because I'm sure you have a lot of things to do. So do you have tips, just general (laughs) tips on how to get things done, accomplish goals? Yeah. So I am very intentional about the goals I set. So when I set a goal and I want to make progress, I immediately kind of hurl myself in there. So whether that's just taking the first step to research what to do, or just doing something and testing and seeing what works. I think just making progress is still like a great thing, even if it's not exactly the like the perfect step. So being able to mm-hmm. just take like realize that like any kind of forward yes. movement is still good to at least help you get that momentum going. And then um, even if you need to take a really small baby step, that helps a lot in like moving forward. Yeah. I think the other aspect is I do tend to take a lot of chances and I embrace rejection. Mm. So, How do you not let it get to you or hurt you? The rejection? Yeah. So there's a concept called rejection therapy that has been pretty much how I've lived my life. And I've only learned about this term recently. The concept of rejection therapy is that you would put yourself in really uncomfortable situations and, and like try to get a rejection, knowing that that's kind of just how life is and you can accomplish mm. a lot more if yeah. you um, make that happen. So, so you purposely <laughs> try to get rejected? Exactly. So you go to wow. a pizza shop and you say, can I have free pizza? And <laughs> have <laughs> you done things like this? I haven't done something extreme like that. But I get rejected all the time and it just rolls off my shoulder. Like I send out email. Uh-huh. I don't care if I ever hear back. So and True. do you do that as well? With emails, it's easy. It's kind of like I have nothing to lose. I'm going to just send yeah. it out. They don't reply. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> On to the next. But like the, I think more like in person or something that's more public, maybe it's obviously rejection still is scary and it sucks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's understandable. Like everyone kind of wants to be liked and doesn't want to put themselves in that hard spot. Mm-hmm. But if you have a spectrum of how comfortable to uncomfortable you are with rejection, I would say like emails, it doesn't take, it takes a certain level of comfort. Not everyone is comfortable like shooting off 20 emails and not caring about the responses. 
And then in person, it's even harder, right? Like to be able to look someone in the eye and ask for something and know that they're going to say no, it stops hurting after a while. You mm-hmm. start like being numb to it to the point where you're like, why didn't I do this before? I should do this a lot more and I get a lot more of what I want. I love so, that so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And because you put yourself in these situations in, in which you're kind of vulnerable, but at the same time, you don't care, yeah. you get a lot more done and a lot you attain a lot more that you want just because you're asking. Yes. And you do like I find that if you ask, it's most likely people will say yes. Yeah. Like if you don't ask, it's an automatic no. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For awesome. Sure. I'm gonna try doing more of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I need to practice that even more. I think the in person rejection is one that I have a um area of improvement for. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have a couple questions from our Vibely community actually. Oh, Tanaya asked, what does Vibely mean? And did you have other name ideas? And how did you get to that name? Oh, Tanaya, that is such a good question. So Vibely doesn't mean anything in particular, but we wanted to capture the idea of having good vibes in the community. And so that was, I think the origin of Vibely comes from Vibe to represent that feeling of camaraderie. But I've also done a lot of research on like names. And it's a name that is a little bit easier to say and read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that can get confused with something else. And there's not um, any other products that are really named that. So I think that was also the reason why we went forward with it. Right. And isn't the LY thing really popular in tech startups? Yeah, is this still popular? popular. <laughs> it is still popular. I kind of, if in another world, I would not have done the LY thing. <laughs> I, it's okay. It's there. <laughs> and then Jamie asked, what lessons did you learn in creating the app? Oh, so many lessons. Where to start? I think the first lesson is stability actually matters a lot more than expected. When you're moving. What does that mean? Stability? stability of like of the application. Is, okay. I hope that's, is that like the. Rep- no, I get it. Like it doesn't crash and stuff, yeah, right? That's right. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of methodology around startups in which you move really quickly. And um, sometimes that means you don't um, stabilize as much. Um, I think in the world that we live in today, people have an expectation with technology so that it's not as buggy as it used to be like expected. So nowadays, I think I, I would spend more time mm-hmm. on making sure that the app is like polished in the quality of it and not just like how quickly we can bring the features out that users want. So I think that's lesson one. Lesson two is just how amazing people are when they're together and they all have a similar purpose or goal. I think it brings people a lot farther than they have gone even with themselves. And every time I see a community like Lavendaire that has all these conversations on which they're supporting each other and giving each other advice, it's just really inspiring to be a part of that and see that people care and people have the ability to be each other's support system. Yeah, I love it. All right, so I'm going to move on to the rapid fire questions that I ask all my guests at the end of the show. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so Terry, what does your dream life look like? My dream life is a life where I get to travel and have all the experiences in the world and see all the things and eat all the things and make as many friends as possible and connect with the locals. I think 
my, the other aspect is also being able to create, create a fulfilling life that I'm proud of. So that for me is making sure that people that I interact with, whether that's in the app or in my day-to-day, have a more meaningful life because of that experience. I love that. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? The book I love the most is Contagious. But it's business. I've read that one. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I like it. I I did the audiobook version, but it's very, very insightful. It is. It's yeah. Just, it has so many specifically for like content creators too. Yeah, that's so true. It has really yeah. great psychological analyses around like what causes people to be inspired and share. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of that actually applies to tech really well. And I'm sure it uh, applies to content too. Yeah, it does. All right. So what is one habit that has changed your life? I'd say the one habit is the rejection therapy aspect of it and really um, taking chances. That has been the reason why, even though things can be hard, that ultimately I can reach my goals. Yeah. That is such a perfect formula for like succeeding though, like taking chances and being okay with rejection. (laughs) Yeah, right? If you try enough times, eventually you can do it, right? I truly believe that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. What is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? The best career advice. Oh, that's so hard. I think to be very present and allowing yourself to appreciate the moment. I know that seems very simple, but when you're like in life or where you're in a career, there's always like challenges. And if you can realize that like what you do now is completely in your control and how you want to get to the next step is completely in your control it feels like the um you have your like internal locus of control that helps you get to the next step yeah for sure have you read the power of now i haven't that's basically what it's about (laughs) yeah yeah you got it true it's so true Mm -hmm. everything you want to create is completely up to how you want to go about it right like you if you believe in yourself and you do it and you try it enough times guaranteed it'll happen (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. The last one is finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is the most amazing thing about life is for me, the people, I mean, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm such a people centric person where so much of my personal fulfillment and happiness comes from seeing people connect together and be and find community in one another. And it Mm -hmm. really is the reason why I started Vibely of where people can share these experiences and be better versions of themselves because of a community that they belong to. I love it. I love that it's so deeply connected to like you and what Vibely does. Yeah, yeah. I, you really do have to find something when you start a company that you're passionate about. To this right. Just cause it has to be like so core of who yeah. you are. And there's so many challenges and obstacles that come your way. And so to get through them, that motivation and that like intrinsic belief that this, the world needs this is going to make, yeah. make sure that you get through it all. Totally. All right, Terry, where can we find you online? I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I have very little Twitter followers, honestly. I, I just, I mean, it. they'll follow you now. <laughs> just Thanks. plug it. That would mean a lot to me. <laughs> but my Instagram is not as lonely. It's teriyaki chicken, which is a funny name I created oh yeah that was like the same one from back then yeah i I think i had um teriyaki chicken at gmail.com as well that's (laughs) okay 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Terry. Thanks for being here. And I just wish you the best with everything that you do. But I feel like you have the right head on your shoulders for this. Thanks, Eileen. And I truly appreciate that you have been such a inspiration to everyone in the community in Lavender. And even just listening to your podcasts and reading your blog, it's very clear that you know how to set goals and attain them and inspire people to do the same. And so I think you're doing amazing work. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed that talk with Terry and learning all about the world of tech startups. So now I just want to wrap up with some key takeaways from our conversation. The first takeaway that I really, really liked was rejection therapy. So what that means is to practice getting rejected until it doesn't hurt you anymore because repetition, you'll just get used to it. It will be your new normal and it actually is so cool. So I'm just going to do that more often and learn to not care about getting rejected. The second insight I got was that there are many ways to become an entrepreneur. You don't have to just drop everything and start your new business right away. So Terry knew that she wanted to start a company back when she was working at her first job, but she decided to work in a few companies in different positions before finally deciding to start Viably. And there are pros to that. She built up knowledge and experience while working in the tech industry, and then she also had this network of people to reach out to when she started fundraising for her startup. The third takeaway is that there are so many highs and lows in the journey of an entrepreneur. I mean, I guess in life in general, there are always a lot of highs and lows, but especially when you're doing something risky and different, there are more lows than there are highs probably and so terry has had her fair share of lows and she said what keeps her going is remembering to be grateful focusing on the gratitude and also focusing on being present in the moment because you can always handle what's in front of you in the present moment and i've talked about this tip before in like productivity videos but it's so important to recognize that your power is in the present moment your power is not in changing the past or doing something in the future because you can't do that you can't be in the past or in the future you can only be in the now and so if you just focus on the present moment the now and just deal with whatever's in front of you that is just the best way to handle it because usually when you're stressed out or something you're focused on the future uncertainty and you know you can't really do much if it's just in your mind. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you are interested in learning more about Vibely or joining our Lavender community on Vibely, the link is lavender.com slash Vibely. All right, sending you so much love. Bye. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye. Bye.